If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or a small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneur experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of The Bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of The Bunker Labs branding team. On today's episode, I sat down with Andrea Jones, founder of Great Pursuits Minnesota, a professional coaching company which helps entrepreneurs, business owners, and their leadership teams to master EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, first coined by Gino Wickman and detailed in his book, Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business. For those of you who are unfamiliar with EOS, it's essentially a method of managing the ins and outs of a venture, everything from how to organize a meeting, set annual and quarterly priorities, to aligning your company around a shared vision and mission. On a personal level, managing a venture day-to-day is one of the more challenging parts of the entrepreneurial journey for me, especially when you're a visionary like me who's great at launching ideas but not necessarily at managing other people. Andrea does a great job of introducing the key concepts of EOS and how you can leverage it in your business. Just to give you a heads up, EOS has its own language, and during the course of this episode, you'll hear us refer to terms such as level 10 meeting and rocks that you may be unfamiliar with. If there are any terms we don't explain in detail during this episode, have no fear. I'll do my best to recap key terms in next week's newsletter on Substack. In the meantime, I want to encourage everyone listening to read the book Traction, which I'll be sure to include in the show notes. Before we get into today's interview, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes. As a reminder, I release a newsletter twice a week, once on Tuesday mornings with actionable tips and advice you can apply in your venture, and another one on Friday in order to share the latest episode of The Transition. Substack allows you to leave comments on the newsletter and podcast episodes. That way you can let me know your feedback and what topics you'd like me to cover either on the show or write about in the newsletter. In addition, if you're interested in contributing to the newsletter with a post of your own, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org. This episode of The Transition is brought to us by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Andrea, what's going on? Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to have you here because I feel like this conversation is going to help out uh, a lot of entrepreneurs within the bunker. Um, you know, managing the chaos is, I mean, let me let me say managing the chaos. Everything seems like chaos as an entrepreneur. And I feel like a lot of times people don't, want to admit that, you know, because you think people got it going on, right? Like you look at their social media or you see them on LinkedIn, but we very rarely learn how the sausage is made to make a business operate, especially in like the early stages. And so like, I feel like the longer people start, you know, uh, pursuing their, their journey, you know, the realization comes that like so many people feel like they have no idea what they're doing. Totally. I think, uh, it is one thing to chase a dream 
pursue your legend. That was a, a, a big core value at Alchemy, but it's another to, um, I think it's a Marine saying, embrace the suck. Yeah. Embrace the suck. I, embrace the suck. And I think there's one, uh, if, if you're thinking about managing chaos, it's already maybe some flawed thinking. It's really just knowing there will be chaos there will be the suck and embracing it loving it i think it takes a certain um fortitude to really run to entrepreneurship in a way that um is energizing and be sustained yeah i think the other thing too is that like you know when you first enter the ecosystem and everybody's telling you to come up with your value proposition you know and you do all that kind of stuff and then you're pitching your venture at the pitch competitions but there's this like whole process of like how sway, you know, like Kanye West, he's like, no, like how, like, all right, we got this great idea. We got this great product or service. Like now, like how do we physically get this from here to here? And people just kind of gloss over like the day to day, the week to week, the month to month until you're in it. And then by that point, it's like too late. And now you're just like, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And then those of us who are smart, we find people like you or we get a business coach Right. And we still feel like we're making it up, but at least we have a plan. Like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm making it up anymore. It's just part of the process. And I understand that like entrepreneurship is literally creating value out of thin air, but in a sense of like, I don't necessarily always have the answers, but I do have like a framework for like how I'm approaching this thing. Yes. Yes. I think the ability to have a vision that you can get your team excited about, bought into, and enrolled in ways that they want to help you get there, um, it becomes a team vision. Uh, then everything else will, you know, in terms of how you're going to get there, you know, it's it's one week at a time, one quarter at a time, one year at a time. But if, if people don't know where, where they're headed and what they're working for, it makes it, um, you lose sight. I realized we, we're chatting and I got so excited. I got ahead of myself. That's what happens when you start coming across amazing entrepreneurs and military spouses within the bunker. But uh, Andrea, one thing I want you to do is just take a moment and introduce yourself to everyone. Oh my goodness. Yes. I would love to, um, to do that. So I am here in the twin cities. I've lived here for the past 14 years. I am in the Bunker Labs community by means of my military spouse, Marine. And that has been such a cool experience to get into the Bunker Labs program because I was a DIA Intel analyst. I was a civilian for some years, um, moved here and jumped into entrepreneurship, having grown up really in and around um, businesses. My dad was first a mechanic, then um, an inventor. He has a patent on a on a product. And just being around work that never ends, but being passionate about it is something I can really get behind. But it didn't really kick in for me until I moved here to the Twin Cities and left my cushy, you know, um, what felt like a secure space, both uh, and federal government and then with consulting and jumping into what very often feels like a insecure space, right? Like you're, you're tackling a vision. Are we going to get there? What, what if, right? What if 
What if a pandemic comes <laughs> that shuts our gyms down? Um, all these things that you don't know what's going to happen. But I've been uh, really impacted by the opportunity to work with an EOS implementer and, and how fast it helped us grow our second business. I had a CrossFit business for some years, um, nine years, sold it, and then learned a lot, right? The good, the bad, the ugly of, of what worked and what didn't work, what my strengths were, what they weren't. And when we launched our, our second business called Alchemy 365, a yoga strength conditioning studio, we hired an EOS implementer after having picked up the book traction, thinking we could implement it ourselves, can't be that hard. And then, um, and then discovered, oh wait, we said we were gonna do this and we weren't really holding each other accountable. It's easy to just keep putting fires out, shooting from the hip. And then when we had somebody that was putting our feet to the fire and saying, did you, did you do what you said you were gonna do? Um, we just started moving and it was awesome. You know, um, Alchemy's grown to two markets, seven locations at, at its peak, weathered the pandemic. We're still, you know, profitable again this year um, and, and continuing now, um, what our sixth year of operating under EOS. So now I get to, I don't operate in the, do any day-to-day -day with Alchemy any longer, but I now get to help other businesses implement EOS. So I've been doing that since end of 2019 when I was introduced to the Veterans and Residents Program. That was my business that I launched. So we keep saying EOS. Explain to our listeners what the heck is EOS. Yes. EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. It is a system developed by Gino Wickman um, in operation now for over 20 years. And it really helps leadership teams get alignment on three things. Um, their vision, where are they going? How are they going to get there? It helps to instill discipline and accountability so that you can get traction to towards that vision. And then also stay healthy as a team. So as you're working together, make sure that it is a fun place where you can be open and honest with each other and um, achieve your vision. Look at each other in the eye, give each other a high five and say, let's keep, let's keep growing. What's next? As an entrepreneur in the hustle with two ventures, Ironbound Media and my nonprofit arm, um, I went out, like I've said, and got a business coach. And it was a drastic change in my ability to execute by having an operating system. And I'm familiar with traction. I've read like all the books. I think I just ordered uh, How to Be a Better Boss coming in Ooh, as well. How to Be a Boss is great. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like excited about this because I want to like get my admin. I just want to be better. I want to be yeah. a better human. I want to be a better leader. And a lot of times, like we said before, when you're making this stuff up as you go along, you know, um, it's 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 hard to necessarily know what you should be working on or what takes priority. And the nice thing about having that system is it like it gets the process going for you, especially when you have external stakeholders at play, whether team members or donors. I mean, anytime you got to manage people, you need a system. Now, before we do a deep dive on EOS um, for our listeners, I got to ask you to take off your armor. Every guest that comes on her, we have them take off their armor and share something that they're struggling with either personally or professionally as an entrepreneur in this age of everyone successful. <laughs> so uh, what's something that you're, what's something that you're struggling with right now? Hmm. I would say I struggle with the balance of showing up for my children, I have three kids, uh, twins that are 11 and my youngest is seven. 
the balance of showing them that being an entrepreneur, being a woman-owned business, being a Latina, it's, all of it can be awesome and fun. And then, and then also like constantly feel like I'm in my phone or like a little edgy, right? Um, so finding ways to take a breath and, and have gratitude, right? Like I don't, putting one work down and putting another so that I can get into something else is something that I regularly struggle with. Um, there are, there are moments that I feel like, oh, I see it, you know, like uh, earlier I was, uh, I'm now a facilitator for a cohort and, and someone asked, you know, what is my, I, I'm, I need help with my target market. Um, and my, my question back was, well, um, what's your goal, right? Like, where do you want to, where do you want to be? Then we can help define your target market and how you're going to get there. And um, my goal is clear. I'm on track with it. So why don't I just put it down and show up for my kids? And I think it's, it's something I struggle with regularly. It always feels like it doesn't end. I can do more. Well, I appreciate you sharing that for everyone. Sounds like you may need some accountability, you know, cause it's like we get accountability for our businesses with implementers right. like you or business yeah. coaches. But when it comes to the personal life, you know, it's like, man, how are we making sure we're still hanging out with our friends or hanging out with our kids? Right. And I look at people like you with kids in awe because I'm 34, you know, I'm still, I'm just so excited all the time. I feel like I'm always in my head. Like I'm always on, you know, and then I'm a content creator. So I'm sitting inside all weekend you know, just making content. I couldn't imagine having some kids. I'd be like, man, get away. Leave me alone. I got to record this podcast. So uh, kudos to you and all of our moms and dads out there that are getting it done. Cause uh, that's something I hope to talk about too, about, you know, how we can balance this other aspect of our lives, not just our business. Cause it can be all consuming. I will say something that helped during the, my aha from 2020 is that you can have, an EOS life, right? You can just the way that you create your rocks and priorities for where you're headed um, professionally, doing the same personally, looking at issues and solving them in the same format is eye-opening. Then it's the practice and discipline of doing that week in, week out that um is is tough right just like anything going to the gym following a diet um anything that requires discipline um means that you have to find a way to make it fun <laughs> absolutely and so um before we keep going right and we can start helping these entrepreneurs out yeah. i gotta go ahead and acknowledge bunker labs for uh making this show possible which is a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military connect community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur and the military connected community has the network tools and resources they need to start their own business. You can learn more by visiting www.bunkerlabs.org. So Andrea, you came in by way of veterans and residents, right? Yes, I did. I was in the fall 2019 cohort. It's great having these kind of programs, right? Pull all these veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses out of the weeds and uh, get them around other people? I think the thing that I loved so much about a cohort was not even so much like the 
subject matter expertise or the uh, network or resources, all of which were fabulous, but really having a space of like-minded people week in, week out that you could trust would be there and would listen to any of it, whether it was like, you know, something related to work-life balance or something related to, you know, just that, that question that we pose every week, if I'm being honest or where am I struggling, um, is, is such an invitation to be vulnerable in ways that you don't get to be the rest of the week sometimes. Yeah. And the other thing too about it is that a lot of our listeners, you know, these programs, these cohort programs through Bunker Labs, this will be their interest into a lot of the entrepreneurial spaces. You know, this is a lot of people's first program. It's their first time going through uh, um, these kind of cohort models. And so uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. I'm glad you went through it as well, because otherwise we might not be here today. Right on. Thank you, Bunker Labs. So let's Let's pick up um, on traction. All right, so we got this entrepreneurial operating system. And I'm going to tell you what made me reach out to you. Uh, I was at a mastermind group. And uh, an entrepreneur I really look up to by the name of Jed Richardson. Jed Richards, sorry. Um, and he runs a construction company out of Chicago. Super successful. And of the six things, he lists like six things every business needs to like reach their potential. One of the things was like you need to name your, you need to create an operating system and then you need to name one. And when you think yeah. about a lot of early stage founders, you know, when you're kind of making up, you really don't know what you're doing. Rather than make one up, it's probably best to go out and look and find another one. And so one is, let's set the framework for like, we already talked about what the heck is EOS, but like what is an operating system in general? And then let's talk about how uh, entrepreneurs can start to implement this uh, in their companies. Sure. Um, the system is really just a set of practical tools that people can use, that businesses and leadership teams can use to help them get better at six key things, which is their vision, making sure that there's alignment on where they're going, how they're going to get there. Um, their people, do they have the right people to achieve their vision? How do you define that? What are your core values to make sure that you're attracting those people and repelling the people that don't fit your core values? Um, your data, how are you, are you actually operating your business on facts and figures instead of like gut feelings and emotion? Um, really that an, another key element is the issues, right? Being able to have a solid way as a team to walk into a meeting, openly discuss issues without getting personal about it, but just really get to the root cause and find a way to solve so that you can walk out of there feeling like I know who and what is going to happen to make this issue go away forever. Um, having core processes defined and followed by all. Uh, and lastly, bringing that vision down to the ground so you have traction, that you know that people are executing on their rocks or priorities and that they're in the right meeting pulse, which is, you know, earlier you were saying, Mike, how much you love the L10 meeting? And um, having a weekly meeting that you can really feel that everybody's in alignment on and checking in, right? It's not micromanaging. It's just a way of saying, you know, are our numbers on track? Are our rocks on track? Are our customers and employees happy? Um, did we say that we were going to do, did we do what we said we were going to do last week um, related to solves on our issues? And, you know, what, what else is holding us back? Let's, let's talk about it and find ways to 
remove those obstacles and keep plowing forward, going in the same direction. I think one of the things that I liked the most when I first came across Traction was that I feel like it was meant for small businesses. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of frameworks and stuff out there, but as like someone who runs a small business, you know, podcast agency before that corporate wellness, um, it just kind of resonated with me. But that's not yeah. to say that it can't be utilized for tech companies or. Right. Yeah. EOS is really meant um, for small to medium sized companies anywhere from like five to 255. Right. Like any privately owned organization with leadership teams that are, you know, of the most important thing. I always want to try to um, recognize when I'm meeting with a leadership team for the first time is, are they really willing to be open and honest and vulnerable with each other and the people around them? Because it's like trying to convince somebody to go to therapy. It's not going to work, right? They, they need to recognize that uh, I'm stuck. And being stuck is worse than the change. So you have to be willing to um, want it and to want to have a system in place that everyone as a team is then going into together. I think um, the ability for teams to be communicative and open about the problems that they're facing in a really solid way is, is, a real difference maker for the ones that by leaps and bounds are growing and you're looking at them like, how are you doing this? Um, it's a strong, healthy team with a strong, healthy vision and, and tools in place that, that help them stay accountable to each other. So they know they're, you know, no matter where they look, they see people executing on that vision um, and they fit the culture like a glove and they're, they're happy, right? You want to wake up like happy to be doing what you're doing. So, when you're first starting out in your venture, right? One of the things is like, you've got so much stuff you have to do. You're learning all this different stuff. You got stuff coming at you from like 10,000 directions that it seems like. And then you come across someone that says, oh, you need to do these vision. You need to set all this stuff. And you're like, listen, man, I'm just trying to generate revenue. I got, I'm low on cash flow, right? Yeah. I ain't got time for that all this other like stuff. That sounds like more work. Yeah, that sounds like more work. Talk to us about how EOS focuses on that or works with the understanding that like revenue is what really drives a lot of these businesses. Um, and so how does, you know, implement something like EOS allow us to increase our revenue? So you can be, you know, as a team, if you, if you, we certainly use um, elements from Patrick Lencioni love so much. Um, you know, when we think about trust builders, the ability to, we're only results oriented and not thinking about building a foundation of trust, finding ways to engage in like healthy conflict, um, finding ways to get commitments from each other, hold each other accountable. Um, then what's, you might get a result and then lose really solid, good people. So then what do you do the following year, the following quarter when you've burned everybody out? Um, so if it's, if you build it strong from the beginning, then you'll get there. Um, so again, going back to the, the EOS is good and solid for the teams that, that at least recognize that. And sometimes you have to have had, um, you have to get burned before you realize, oh, I need to do it differently next time. Um, 
and yeah, the ability, you know, if you're focusing as you are building your vision and you see that part of the vision includes X dollars in revenue, okay, how are we going to get there? Um, let's make sure that we're on track to get there. Um, and does everybody have the right, you know, the right seat, the right roles that allow them to get there, right? They know week in, week out what their measurables might look like. So they know that they did all the weekly activities to drive that revenue. So I want to use this as a teachable moment for, for those of you that are tuning in. You know, one of the things Andrea talked about is we always set these audacious goals, whether they're revenue goals or we want to onboard these teams. And we always forget about the lead and lag measures. So like, what are the actions that we're taking on a daily, weekly and monthly basis that's going to drive the outcome that we desire? Because a lot of times, like I'm guilty of this too, we get in our heads and we're anxious and we're overwhelmed and we're focused on stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Instead of like, how do we stay present? How do we win the day? How do we win the week? And uh, that's what she's talking about with regards to like these operating systems. So one of the first things is within EOS is vision. Talk to us about setting a vision for our company. Right. So when we're setting the vision, um, we use something called a vision traction organizer, which is just a two-page document, not there, you know, it's really easy to read and look at, uh, that goes through eight questions, eight key questions. What are your core values? What's your core focus? What do you do best? What's your sweet spot? That's the second one. The third is where are you going? Like what's your 10-year target? Um, and when we talk about a 10-year target, it's really five to 30 years out. Um, what is that big, hairy, audacious goal? Where, what would success look like five to 30 years from now? And again, getting alignment as a leadership team. Um, the fourth question is, what's your marketing strategy? Which really is four questions rolled into this. And that's, who's your target market? Who are the people that you really want to get in front of and, and spend your precious sales and marketing energy on? Um, and what are you going to say to them? What are those three uniques? What's the message? What, what sets you apart from your competitors? Um, do you have a proven process? Is there a, a visual, something that you can share with people before they, you know, they're first considering doing business with you until they're long, you know, lifetime customers referring you out to friends and family? Um, and lastly, do you have a guarantee, you know, a promise that you can make to reduce that fear of adoption and especially for new brands, you know, like how are, how are you going to make them feel warm and fuzzy inside? Um, the next question is what's your three year picture, you know, as a team, can you guys all visually see that, um, where you're going to be, what's the revenue look like? What's the profit? What are some key measurables? Um, you know, are you still here in this one office? Are you expanding? How big is the team? Um, are there accolades that you're that you're all like seeking, right? Because it you can sometimes be with clients that one person on the leadership team is like really in it for number one and themselves, and they're they're trying to chase an accolade, and somebody else is trying to chase another one, and and you lose sight of what is the vision. So. Um, those questions are super important. And then from there, what's the, what's the one-year plan? What are those really important goals that you could all come together at the end of the year and say, hey, this was a successful year and we are on track for a three-year and we're on track for a 10-year. Um, then what are your quarterly rocks? What are you doing this quarter as a company? Um, again, looking at your revenue profit measurables. And then lastly, what are your issues? 
What are those obstacles, barriers, opportunities? And name them, right? Um, so you know what is um, holding you back and you, you guys have at least taken it out of your head onto paper and start to figure out, okay, we're gonna, when are we going to tackle and prioritize these issues? Are they just gonna sit there forever? Are we gonna um, actually try to solve it? So those eight key questions comprise your vision. Um, once you get alignment as a team, though, you have to be able to share it with everybody else. If it just stays in the visionary's head or it stays in the leadership team's head, then um, it's hard to get buy-in. And the real like magic happens in communicating and opening up and, and saying, hey, this is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. Um, let's go. Let's go. And if people are really part of your culture and, and they get it and you entice them and lead and manage them and know that you're going to share this with them every quarter, uh, there's a lot of magic that happens there. How do you balance the realities of life and entrepreneurship with like setting that vision? So in the words of Mike Tyson, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So you're like, I got my three year vision. We're all set. Then bam, COVID happens. Right. Right. How do you right. uh, how do you balance that? Yeah. So bringing that uh, vision down to the ground and executing on it um, implies that you are checking in on it. Right. You don't just set the vision and have it over here. Um, you have an, a way of looking at it. And that's with your meetings. Uh, that's your level 10 meeting. That is so, so important to have every week. And, and in that meeting, you will spend time discussing your company rocks. Are they on track or are they off track? If they are off track, what are we going to do to get it back on track? And if you don't have a way of getting it back on track, okay, COVID happens. That is an issue. We're going to spend some time talking about it. We're not going to put our head in the sand. We're not just going to crumble it all up and, and run away. Um, we're going to face it and find ways. Even if we fail fast, we're going to come up with a way um, to get back on track this week. So right. I'll, I'll tell you what brought me to traction was I hired an admin administrative assistant and mm -hmm. I realized it wasn't as easy as I thought. Like I didn't know how to like delegate, how to get all this kind of stuff done. And I'd already read traction and I went online and I put up a template for L10 meeting and they were like, thank you. Yes. You know, my admin was like, thank you. Because now she felt like she knew what she had to get done. She crossed out the stuff as it got done mm -hmm. and it helped me just kind of articulate my thoughts in a framework that worked. And I know we jumped ahead with the L10, but on the traction framework, where does the L10 fall? Is it within vision or is it within data? It is actually within the traction element. So there's six key elements, um, vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And um, getting traction means you're bringing the vision down to the ground. And the way that you know that you're executing on that vision day in, day out, week in, week out, every quarter is with your L10 meetings. And also with, you know, you want to make sure that you're still holding quarterly meetings, annual meetings, opportunity to step out of your business. Um, most of the time we're, we're in it, right? But during your L10 meetings, during your quarterly sessions and annual planning, you are stepping out of that day-to-day -day and looking really at the greater good of the organization. Are we moving forward? Um, how do we uh, get that pulse on what's happening and then deep dive in, into the issues. Got it. So after we get our vision lined up next, we roll into data, right? 
Yeah. I mean, well, you can, yeah. I mean, vision, uh, people, data. Absolutely. Yeah. Data is so important. You want to make sure that you have some way of knowing that uh, you're operating on, on facts and figures. And one of those is a scorecard, having a company scorecard. And when you talk about a company scorecard, it's really identifying those five to 15 ideally leading indicators that give you a pulse on what's happening. So you're not just looking at end of month um, accounting, like what the revenue was, but it's really, okay, what drives revenue? What are those things? Like, could I have made an extra phone call? Could I have, um, you know, what's the ideal number? What's the goal? So are we tracking for the state of tracking that often drives people crazy? But if you have a goal in mind, okay, at the end of the week, I want to make 20 phone calls, or I want to have X number of dollars uh, of goods sold. Um, you can then start to back into that. What are the, what are the activities that are going to make sure that you hit it every time? And it should be an achievable goal, right? Like you don't want to, you want to set people up in a way that's like, we have a, a plan, a process um, to make this happen. Yeah. I've struggled always with scorecards, right. And the scoreboards and all that kind of stuff. I know mm -hmm. I'll set the vision down, but then it's like three months is a long time. I mean, it, it, you think it's not like, you know, you go to these planning sessions, you throw your plans up on the board, you're like all fired up. You have your session with you. And then you get back about a week later, <laughs> about a week later, new ball, new shiny object, you know? Right. And it's just like, oh man, I forgot. I got to kind of stick to this um, right. and focus. And then the other thing that's struggle with it is updating this stuff, you know? And because now it's like, all right, you you got the data, you got the scoreboards, but the only way it actually works is if people are actually updating it. So you can look at the data. So now you're like, okay, well, who's going to update it? And when you're one of one or one of three, you know, then that happens. And so sometimes I found that like of all the things for me personally, again, I love the vision aspect, the core values, all that kind of stuff. I struggle with the data. I struggle right. with the scoreboards oh, yeah. and stuff. It's tough. It's tough. I think of, you know, I, I'll use fitness analogies all day with, with my background and experience, but you know, I, I'm a marathon runner. I love, um, the training even more than the race and the training is tracking data, right? I mean, what were my splits? What was my workout? Did I do it? Did I not do it? Um, what were my times? How did I feel? All of those are measurables that allow, that give me feedback to make sure that I'm on track to hit the pace, the goal that I want for um, the race that I that I want to do. And, and if you think about it that way, um, it's, it's tough, but if it's whatever other passion, you probably have a hobby uh, that, you track, right? There might be, um, like you might be part of, I, I have zero sports analogies right now because I don't follow sports, but let's say you're part of like a football fantasy league or something. Um, people track the data there, right? And if you're not tracking the data, how do you know if you won? How do you know if you're doing well? How do you know if your sports are doing well? Um, and so it's the discipline and going, I think I said it before, like, make it fun, make whatever it takes, put the post-it note on your, on your, um, on your computer to make sure that, that you're entering that data. Uh, I, I also believe if you're, you know, if you're, when you're doing your L10 meeting, you're pulling up your scorecard every time, right? That's one of the first things that you're going to, um, do after 
checking in on your personal and professional best, you have to have it updated. Um, so it will be the same day. So if you do like your L10 meetings on Tuesday mornings, then by Monday evening, you'll get in the habit, like try to get in the habit of doing it the same time, the same day up oh, it's scorecard time, like on my alarm, whatever it is, lots of different tips and tricks. Cause you're not the only one, like for sure. Um, and I'm sure you're also saying that so that the listeners can also resonate like, Oh yeah, I hate data. I hate tracking it. It's very common. Um, but there's, there's ways, tips, tricks, hacks to, to get past it because, um, it won't magically fix itself. One of the things I recommend to the, to you listeners is that if you feel overwhelmed on the data aspect, really just try to think about like three key functions, like within your business that like, let you know that it's healthy. Number one is like revenue. But again, we don't want to focus on like the outcome, we want to focus on what steps are we doing to drive it. So we can say like, hey, how many proposals did I send out this week? I sent out two proposals a week. That means at the end of the month, I got eight proposals out or something, right? Then you look at the data and you're like, man, we only sent out one proposal. Probably, chances are you ain't got no revenue coming in if that's happening. So try to simplify it. Another thing you could think is even operationally. Like maybe we start out small, like, hey, did we have... Uh, L10, which stands for, is it level 10? Level 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, level 10 meeting, which is one of the frameworks. And we'll put it in the show notes uh, so you can see what that looks like. But like, did I host a level 10 meeting with my team at least once a week? You know, so that means at the end of the month, you should have four. If you didn't host anyone, right, then you can measure that. Um, And then the other thing is like some process stuff, right? Like how much time, and I'm thinking to myself, how much time did I commit to working on our processes? You know, because sometimes you're like, I got to do this. I got to do that. When really should be like, all right, I'm going to put an hour. Make sure I work on processes at least an hour or two a week. And at the end of the month, you look, is it eight hours? Is it zero hours? So there's a way to finagle this measurement that way that it works for you. And I'm not speaking on behalf of Andrea. I'm just talking from myself and the hustle, you know, that early stage entrepreneur. I know it can be overwhelming of like, what should I focus on? I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, you know, if you're still owner operator level where you're doing a lot of the work, it can just feel overwhelming. So we want to make sure mm-hmm. that like, you know, we're, we're trying to do it the best we can with what we have, wherever we are. Absolutely. So important. Next. So, and I know we might be jumping around cause I was like, I said data and Andrea looked at me. She's like, yeah, but it goes, so we did vision people. Is it going left or does it go right? Um, I mean, it really, honestly, it doesn't, um, you can go any direction. It doesn't, it's not meant to be like, um, like a clock, but it's more like as a whole. And I have an organizational checkup. Um, we could drop the link in, in, um, the show notes as well. That just gives you some perspective, like, Hey, am I considering my vision Mm. with my team? Meaning is it shared by all? Um, do I have the right people in the right seats to execute on that vision? And have I um, created a scorecard that really gives an absolute pulse for those people with metrics that allow them to feel successful every week to know that they're on track to hit um, the vision, right? Um, And then in strengthening those, really so much more becomes transparent because now 
you're looking at numbers, you're talking to people, you're sharing your vision, um, which will inevitably pull issues up. Um, and so having a way to resolve them is really important. Um, and the one of the tools in the book uh, described that I also work with clients regularly on, and it's really an art form, is called the Issue Solving Track, which stands, which there's a term in there, another acronym, IDS, Identify, Discuss, and Solve. And it's the ability to get to the root cause of an issue. So oftentimes in a meeting, there's lots of discussion. And if it's just you holding it with yourself, um, you know, it's easy to get distracted and then jump to the next thing. And this is a way of finding focus of what is the root cause of this issue? Why did I bring it up? Um, what are some ways that we can solve it, have an opportunity? So everybody has a voice and it's really migrating that culture down throughout the organization that um, you should be able to raise an issue. It shouldn't just be on the founder's back, so to speak. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And because you can just kind of bounce around. And the other thing too, is you'll have all these issues, but you never actually solve them. And then they just, you just have this never ending list of issues yes. that are going on right. in your business instead of like having yeah. a framework to make it simpler. Right. And then if you do have a solve that is working, can you bake that into a process? You know, take those best practices, what's working um, and identify the core processes for, for your business. So you get a consistent, scalable, more profitable, easier to manage um, way of, of doing your business. So typically with your core processes, you have, you know, something related to onboarding or HR, something related to, you know, how do you bring people in and communicate about your brand? How do you deliver your product or service? Um, how do you retain customers? Um, how do you do your accounting or financial um, numbers? So, uh, all of that gets baked into some key core processes that then you can, again, have everybody that touches that a core process trained in and measured against and, and you execute on it. And it just makes it, again, so much easier. People, I think, want to be creative, want to, you know, if, if you're in a small business or working for, if you've either launched or you work for a small entrepreneurial business, um, typically those are more creative people. Again, very much a stereotype, but they, um, it's a different mindset than going to work for a larger brand, company, government, service, practice. So with regards to process, because I want to I stay here for a second. Whose responsibility is it to document these processes? Now, I know that, especially like you said, the early stage founder tend to be more creative, the visionary type, right? Maybe not so much like the integrator type, you know, the ones that kind of love getting in the weeds and the day to what day. But, you know, we all hear this thing about you need to make things work independently of you. You need to systemize your processes. And when people tell it to us, too, we're like blue in the face. But one of the things I've been learning as an entrepreneur is that like the old saying of like play to, you know, fix your weaknesses up to the level of your strengths, you know, but yeah. there are just some people that they're just not good at that, you know? And so when I ask this to you is like some of the companies you've worked with and, and seen, right? Like 
who are the ones that is leading the charge with documenting these processes? Is it the CEO and the founder, or do they bring someone in to help them out with it? Anything and everything in between. So sometimes it is the, you know, we haven't really gotten too much into visionary integrator. I don't know how long our podcast is, Mike, but um, we can go into, I can geek out on EOS. Let's, get, day, let's geek out. The, the people love it. Yeah. The visionary integrator um, is sometimes one and the same person. It really depends on your strengths and weaknesses. So I've seen it come from um, the leadership team level. It might be, you know, uh, if we go back to the idea of the accountability chart, if you sit and own um, everything related to operations, then most likely you'll have a rock related to it. You'll and have a measurable related to it. You'll think, have a core process related to it. So then you, you know, everybody will say, okay, and take that 2080 approach. I don't need to go into the weeds unless I'm like a, a surgeon, um, but go, go and at, at least identify some of the key bullets um, and methods that you think need to be done the right way, the best way every time, name it, and then start sharing it with it. I've, from there, I've had, um, there are some um, other people that I've worked with that can then flush it out for for teams, right? Like put it into a binder or to a digital document and um, put their brand touches on it. Yeah, I didn't mean to try to cut you off, but we keep saying no. rocks and we keep saying these terms. And I'm just remember our listeners, they're like, they're talking about rocks and L10. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're, what they're talking about. Can we remind our listeners what a rock is? Sure. A rock is a 90-day priority. It comes from um, Dr. Stephen Covey, a concept of, you know, if you have a, a vase, you're trying to fill it with rocks, sand, pebbles, water. Um, how you order that will determine if it all fits in that base or not. And if you leave the rocks till the last thing, the most important thing last, um, you're not going to ever achieve it, right? If you if you put in what's most important first, knowing that you still have your day-to-day -day work, you've got life, you've got daily interruptions that are always going to happen. Um, then your chances of success is way higher. So a rock is your 90 day priority that keeps you laser focused on your vision, your 10 year target. And my recommendation for you all out there is similar to how I mentioned in terms of, uh, what was I just talking about previously about, you know, your, your scoreboard is like, okay. depending on where you're at in your business, right? I did, everyone that I know that's small business owner, there's this revenue goal, you know, like, you know, at a certain point, you get outside a lifestyle entrepreneur and then you need to get out there and uh, now you need to onboard a team. So now you have payroll. So it seems like there's this consistency that revenue keeps coming up for a lot of people. So I recommend like in terms of like a rock. Right. I would recommend like some kind of revenue something. Right. That way you can make sure that it's there. You're not getting caught up in a bunch of other stuff that's not going to drive the outcome of your business. It's not going to keep you in business. But, you know, having that. Uh, what's another example of a good rock you've seen? Oh gosh, it really depends on your um, on your industry. I would say, you know, in terms of getting, it's a lot to cover EOS in, in one podcast. But I would say um, being able to sit down, you know, there's EOS implementers globally. Um, any one of them will sit down for 90 minutes at no charge and walk you and your leadership team through all of this. So it just provides so much more context 
Um, it's, it's not to say it's like a whole new language, but there's some common, you know, there's some terms that you start to become more familiar with when you hear them repeatedly or pick up, um, pick up the book or listen to it on uh, as an audiobook. But um, yeah, the, the, all the terms initially are like, what, how do I set one? But um, really the rocks are going to stem from your vision. So looking at your vision, break it out. If I want to be here five, 10 years out, and I want to be here three years out, and I want to be here by the end of 2022, then back into that. What do I need to do this quarter? And so it's not the fluffy stuff. It's the like, if I don't do this, then I won't achieve the rest of it. You bring up a good point too, about how sometimes all these terms can be overwhelming. It's like you're either in the know or you're not, you know, and people say <laughs> certain business school names, you know, like, oh, warden or booth. And you're like, what the heck are those places? You know, yeah, but yeah. once you figure it out, it is kind of like a new language of, right. of moving your business in the right direction. And I know we've kind of, we've covered a lot of stuff so far, but what I want to do as we prepare to kind of close this out is, Adria, I would love for you to give our listeners like three actionable takeaways that they can start to implement right now within their businesses to get it in the right direction of like an EOS framework, should they choose to go that route? Sure. Um, I think meet with an EOS implementer, get the 90 minutes for free. That's like, do that. Anybody will do it and they're happy to do it. Um, core value, here to help, it's there. Um, take advantage. Um, secondly is consider where you want to be and is that realistic, right? Do you have the right product and service for your target market? Because that is not something EOS will do for you, right? This is more about execution. If you know that you have the right product and service in the right market, then do that, right? I think it's, um, I've definitely sat down with entrepreneurs that are, are not quite ready for EOS yet. Um, so think about it in terms of, um, where do you want to be? Do you have that right product or service? Um, and third, I'd say um, take a look at some of those measurables that you can start taking it into account every week. Um, those leading indicators that will measure success for you and your team. That's great. And uh, no, you're right. A lot of entrepreneurs aren't necessarily ready. Like some haven't even validated their business model. You know, and so what we're talking about right. it on this episode is a little bit more advanced than just like, I have this great idea, but I don't have any paying clients yet. But once yeah. you start getting two, three, four, and you start to feel like the Wizard of Oz, you know, you're the guy behind the thing. You're trying to do yeah. this with your right hand, do this with your left hand. Right. You're bringing on people. That's yes. when you want to start uh, implementing systems like this. Right. It's when you start to have those um those good problems, right? Like, oh my gosh, there's so much business coming in and I'm hiring people and now I don't know how to, ah, it's too much, right? Or um, or like, gosh, our revenue's been really strong, but I fully recognize that I am chasing all the shiny objects and I don't know where I want to be. And I need accountability to be there. And my, I want to keep my team because retaining good people that are smarter than me is everything, right? Um, those are areas where you start to recognize, okay, I need a system um, because what I'm doing works. It's the right product, but I'm not, I don't, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can have support in helping you get there. 
before I let you go, I do have two last questions. What's One that? is as an entrepreneur who's in the fight, who's in the hustle, who's done it multiple times at this point, what advice would you like to leave our listeners with that are all over the country, all over the world? And then lastly, how can we help support you on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, thanks, Mike. I would say uh, my first bit of, bit of advice is um, you're, you, there's a point where looking at competitors is, is great and healthy, but um, stop competing. It's more about um, figure out your why, what's your win, and, and be laser focused on that. Um, if you're focused on beating the competition, um, what's the other person doing? Um, that's a hard space to live in. Um, so being really solid about where you want to be, and it doesn't matter about anybody else. You know, we're all our unique snowflakes. Every company is a, is unique. So, um, I think having that mentality that you can then, um, have that culture for the rest of the organization um, is a really positive one. Um, secondly, uh, how can you all help me? Um, reach out to me. Uh, reach out to me. Schedule a ninety-minute meeting. Um, have a have a call. Are you to even see? Are you are you a target market fit? Let's go there. Well, Andrea, I appreciate having you on the platform today, yeah. addressing the bunker. I know we bounced yeah. around a little bit of traction, but uh, we get, we were geeking out, y'all. And our listeners are like, what are they talking about over here? But uh, everything she talked about, right? I'm going to put some links in our show notes. You got the book Traction by Gina Wickman. Get a grip on your business. Um, as she mentioned, there are EOS operators all over the country, all over the world. You can book a free 90-minute uh, session. And in this age of information, there's YouTube videos and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're not trying to make you experts in like a 50-minute podcast or anything like that. But just let you know of the kind of tools and resources that are out there to help accelerate you on your journey. So I'll be sure to click include those in the show notes. What I need all our listeners to do is if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Transition Podcast and newsletter on Substack at the link below. Uh, I release a newsletter every Tuesday. Maybe I can get Andrea to give me some guest posts uh, for you all on this EOS thing. And uh, I also release a podcast every Thursday. And the nice thing about our Substack is you can leave a comment about each episode. And if you have questions about your own as your if you have questions about your own venture, you can post that as well. I'm always looking for content and I, and I would love to learn what you all are struggling with in your own ventures. We'd greatly appreciate it if you also left a review with this podcast on iTunes and uh, shared it with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into Bunker Labs, make sure you visit bunkerlabs.org, select the city nearest you, and sign up for that local newsletter. From there, attend one of our networking events, either virtual or in person. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to go alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking connect at bunkerlabs.org. Andrea, thanks again. Until next time, everyone, yeah. peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Mike.